Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Stephen V, and you're listening to the Take Care and Live podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you a part of the Take Care and Live podcast community today. We're going to continue our series on decisive decisions. It's our decision series, and we're talking about why we should practice making decisive decisions. Why we should practice making decisive decisions. In the last episode, we examined three reasons why people tend to resist being decisive. You can check out that episode. It's called Three Reasons Why People Resist Being Decisive. Simply put, and three reasons included to maintain social credit, to limit shame and regret, and to avoid the fear of commitment or to avoid accountability. And I left some key things for you to focus on connected to each of those three reasons. I'm sure there's more, but these are three reasons that are standouts for why people tend to resist being decisive. So in this episode, we'll pick up where we left off and we will cover why we should practice making decisive decisions. Let's just jump right into it. One, we practice decisive decision making because it makes us accessible to people, places and opportunities that equipped you and I to achieve our goals. So here's a story for you. In 1975, Sylvester Stallone was a struggling actor. He had a wife who was pregnant. He could barely pay rent in his Hollywood apartment or for his Hollywood apartment. And it was at that time that Sylvester Stallone wrote the screenplay Rocky. Now producers had offered him a generous amount of money to bring the story to theaters, to the silver screen, as we call it. But they, their preference was that a more established actor would play the role. And that would exclude Sylvester Stallone from playing the part of Rocky Balboa. However, Rocky, or excuse me, Sylvester Stallone, was determined to play the film's lead himself. So he rejected the offers. He was a pain about it. He was persistent that he had dedicated his time to writing that screenplay and he had pictured himself as Rocky and that he was the one to play it. He continued some more and he was relentless in his pursuit to nail down the role that finally the production company agreed and allowed him to play the starring role of Rocky. They could have withdrawn his financial or their financial deal altogether. But his risk to hold his ground, to stay the course, paid off. And Rocky went on to actually win Best Picture of the Year at the Oscars. And that catapulted his career for decades that followed. Without Sylvester Stallone's decisive decision to to insist on playing the role of Rocky Balboa himself, there would be no Creed series. Do you know that? It was the first Rocky film 
that introduced audiences to the character of Apollo Creed. Sylvester Stallone was the centerpiece of that film. He had written that screenplay. He knew the ins and outs of the character. He was the one who created the dynamics between Rocky and Apollo Creed, transitioning from from foe to friend, from enemy to ally. Sylvester Stallone, who at the time was an unknown relatively and had only had small parts as a background player in films and television, saw the potential of his screenplay. He crafted the character. He bought it into reality. He wrote those legendary lines in the film. He created the framework for the characters. And he pursued his decision to not only see the film made, but to see him casted in the lead role. When you make a decision and take action on that decision, you become someone who becomes accessible to people and places that you would not have been able to gain access to had you remained indecisive and immobile. When you make a decisive decision, when you move on that decision, you build relationships, you encounter opportunities, and you become an example to other people who would not have been able to witness all that you are and had to offer had you simply stood still. So we practice making decisive decisions because they accelerate our access to people, places, and opportunities that equip us to achieve our goals. Two, we practice making decisive decisions and we should practice making decisive decisions because decisiveness accelerates the rate in which you and I encounter roadblocks and the time that's spent and that's needed to address and overcome them. Decisiveness accelerates the rate in which you encounter roadblocks and the time needed to address and overcome them. The producers didn't want Sylvester Stallone to play the lead role. They just wanted him to sell him the story. His vision to see it come to the screen, how he envisioned it, was only possible because he engaged his decision with action. When producers insisted on a more established actor to play that role, he refused. He didn't walk away in anger when they rejected his idea of playing the lead role. No. He didn't retreat from the conversation. He stayed in the conversation. And because he stayed in the conversation, he accelerated the time it would have taken to overcome the barrier to their no. He faced the roadblocks as they showed up and he negotiated a path to the end goal. Sylvester Stallone embraced the conflicting perspectives of the producers of the studio. He saw the benefit of navigating within the confines of a holding pattern that wasn't permanent, just temporary and that existed for a strategic period of time so that he could get through the roadblocks 
and get the answer that he needed. When an airplane is in a holding pattern, it still uses fuel. Energy is still being exhausted. However, the holding pattern serves a distinct function. When a plane enters a holding pattern, it's waiting in an organized fashion, in an organized formation for a safe opportunity to land. That's what Sylvester Stallone was waiting for. Holding patterns are created and entered so that the pilot is able to strategically collaborate from the air with the people at air traffic control who are below assessing the conditions in the airspace and on the ground to determine when it's safe to land. That is what Sylvester Stallone was doing. He was collaborating. He was remaining in the conversation with those stakeholders, those influencers who had a say and a perspective about what should happen with the film and who should play the role. And like a pilot who maintained focus on the intended plan to land safely, Stallone remained focused on his intended plan to land the lead role. Holding patterns are not a place for indecision or reason to remain passive. Holding patterns are a temporary state where you continue to look and listen for the right time and conditions to proceed as planned. During a holding pattern, you keep your eyes on a fixed goal while engaging in a collaborative compromise for how you get to your destination. That is what Sylvester Stallone did in 1975. The sooner the pilot enters the holding pattern, the faster the plane can begin to wisely gain traction in alignment with the strategy to safely move the plane, himself, the passengers, and the cargo to the state where everyone can land and continue forward to the next phase of their respective assignments. Sylvester Stallone knew that if he stayed in the conversation, that he stayed in the room, that he engaged in the back and forth dialogue, that he was accelerating his movement towards his goal. That is what Stallone did in 1975. He maintained his focus on a safe, profitable landing for his idea to play the lead role of Rocky, to cut the deal with the studio for, his, for the screenplay, to keep him and his pregnant wife from becoming homeless, and to gain traction in his movie career. When we're decisive, we accelerate the rate in which we encounter roadblocks and the time needed to address and overcome them. Three, when we practice being decisive, when we practice decisive decision-making, making the decision and acting on it, we demonstrate an ability to be trusted with resources. So here's where a great parable comes in. A man goes off on an extended trip. He calls his servants together and he delegates responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000. To another, two. To a third, 1000 
all depending on their abilities. Then he left. And right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. Now, after long absence, the master of those three servants came back. And he wanted to settle up with them. In fact, he did. And the one given 5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did a good job. Very well done. From now on, you will be my partner. The servant with 2,000 showed how he had doubled his master's investment. And the master commended him and said the same thing. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, you will be my partner. Now the servant given 1,000 said to the master, I know you have high standards and you hate careless ways, that you demand the best and, and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and I secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live, the master said. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less with the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least you would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on the limb. Throw him into darkness. When you practice being decisive, you demonstrate your ability to be trusted with resources. But when you aren't, you risk losing credibility with the one or the people who trusted you. Number four, being a decisive decision maker creates an opportunity to receive valuable feedback that improves the quality of your actions, refines your efficiencies, and reduces the areas where you are least productive. Being a decisive decision maker creates the opportunity for you to receive valuable feedback that improves the quality of your actions, refines your efficiencies, and reduces the areas where you were least productive. Being a decisive decision maker rather than a passive one creates an opportunity to receive valuable feedback that improves the quality of your actions, refines your efficiencies, and reduces the areas where you are least productive. So here's another story for you. Moses is leading the people of Israel. He's leading them out of an oppressive structure in Egypt. And he's leading them through the wilderness towards what would be their new home, Canaan. And he found himself trying to arbitrate all the problems and issues that came with leading such a large body of people made up of all kinds of families 
economic structures, political persuasions, doing it all by himself. And it overwhelmed him. It exhausted him. He neither realistically had the time or energy to navigate everybody's problem, issue or complexity that was brought to his attention. But his father-in-law, who had come for a visit, he witnessed what Moses was doing. And because his father-in-law, Jethro, was a wise man, he stepped in and gave Moses some advice. He challenged him. He said, what are you doing? What is this you're doing? You're doing this alone by sitting as judge for all the people from morning to evening. What you're doing here is not good. You'll wear yourself out and you'll wear out the people because the task is simply too heavy for you. You can't do this by yourself. So Jethro says, listen to me, I'm going to give you some advice. You be the one that represents the people before God. You do the bigger picture, instructing them about how they should live, how they should do life together. The kinds of choices that should reflect the community that they're a part of, that they're now a member of. And you identify other able men who can be trusted, God-fearing, trustworthy people who are not interested in being dishonest, or just trying to make a profit, you identify those men and you put them as commanders over thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, over tens of people. And they do the more hands-on judging and dealing with the daily issues that people are facing. You focus on the larger vision, but you identify others who are highly skilled to manage other numbers of people and navigate and help them navigate their everyday issues. Then they can bring major issues to you that'll lighten the load for you. So Moses listened to his father-in-law Jethro and he took the wise counsel of Jethro and he identified other people who could stand as commanders and do a good chunk of the heavy lifting he was attempting to do by himself. Moses would not have discovered the inefficiencies of his approach to leading these thousands of people had he not owned his decision to lead in the first place, had he not begun to take action and operate with the authority that he knew, with the skill level that he had, he did not allow himself to be paralyzed by fear or indecision. He acted. It wasn't the best approaches but he opened himself up to be accessible to feedback so that he could then make shifts in his approach and how he led. His father-in-law had given him advice to select people who can manage the more human relations aspects and the daily operations of doing life with such a large body of people while he kept his eyes on the larger, the broader vision for the well-being of the people he was placed in charge of. But he would not have gotten that insight had he not acted. Being decisive rather than a passive decision maker creates that opportunity 
us to receive valuable feedback that improves the quality of our actions, refines our efficiencies, and reduces the areas where we're least productive. It reduces the inefficiencies. I remember when I started to learn how to barbecue, I would put the coals on the grill and spray lighter fluid on the coals. And then I would light a match to the coals, right? And the fire would burn for a short period of time before going out because I didn't have the other fire sensitive materials in the mix, like dry wood chips to embed them with the coals so that when the coals and the wood chips connected with the lighter fluid, the fire would burn longer, heat up the coals, and then allow the fire to burn for a prolonged period of time. The reason why I discovered that using the coals and the lighter fluid alone wasn't good enough was because as I took action in attempting to grill and told other people about my attempts and other people witnessed it, They witnessed my inefficiencies, the inefficiencies of my approach. I remained open to other people's feedback and their approaches, and that improved my approach to grilling. So when you want to be a decisive decision maker, if you want to be a more decisive decision maker, you have to practice being decisive. And we practice being decisive because one, making decisive decisions makes us accessible to people, places, and opportunities that equip us to achieve our goal. Two, decisiveness accelerates the rate in which we encounter the roadblocks that we'll need to face and reduces the time needed to address them and overcome them. Three, when we're decisive, we promote our ability to be trusted with resources. And four, being decisive rather than passive in our decision-making creates an opportunity to receive valuable feedback that improves the quality of our actions, refines our efficiencies, and reduces the areas where we have been less efficient. You want to gain access to people and places and opportunities that support your goal. You want to accelerate your ability to overcome and manage your roadblocks, and you want to increase your capacity to be trusted. And not only that, you want to leverage the feedback as a result of your actions. You want to leverage the feedback that comes your way to identify and sharpen your efficiencies and reduce your inefficiencies quickly so that you can use your cognitive capital to manage relationships and facilitate results like you want to. You can be decisive, And you have good reason to be. So don't just believe it. Do it. So that you can take care. And live. Thank you for stopping by this episode of the Take Care and Live podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would, like the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, and even write a review so others know just how much you enjoyed the show. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again. And in the meantime, take care and live.